and welcome back to the Horror Motel, all of our lovely listeners and guests that are wishing to check in with us. We are delighted to have you with us again this week. Uh, I, as always, am joined by my radiant, ravishing, radical, I'm going with ours today, radical co-host, whom I love with all my heart, Bunny Galore. Oh, hello, darling. Oh, it's so lovely to hear your voice again. Especially, I know we're not in the same room, but we're in the same country for the first time in ages. I know, I know. <laughs> but it's so good to be back on the same time frame. I feel like, yeah, I just feel a little bit closer and connected to you when we're in the same country and doing this. Uh, exactly. How are you? How are you? It's been it's been a, a week. Yes, how it has been. It's been a week. It's been a whole week, hasn't it? Yes. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> in theatrical terms the whole week. Uh, good, 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 good. I am really, as of recording of this, I'm getting very, very tired of the weather, though, in the UK. Uh, and I keep on seeing friends away, you know, on holidays and, you know, lounging by pools. Thanks, Sam Todd. Saw the photograph this morning. That was not helping at all. I've been rained on so much uh, in the last 24 hours and not in any other way apart from from the sky before anyone asks. <laughs> <laughs> All you filthy-minded listeners, go exactly. with that thought. Go where you want. <laughs> so yes, I'm very tired of the weather. I'm going. Come on, it's it's um, nearly May. It really should be, you know, a little bit better weather than it has been in the last few yeah. weeks. Much as obviously stormy weather suits the horror motel, uh, and uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, sort of that kind of stormy weather that kind of only can bring on nightmares and scary stories. This is true. Although, let's be honest, there are some wonderful horror movies that start in the daylight that are just as terrifying. True, very true. Um, yes, it always, it always makes me think of... Um, American horror movie does that very well, doesn't it? Because it's that sort of almost like eerie, quiet, desolate plain type of um, or desolate areas of beaches and things like that. Less so in the UK. The corn. I always Children of the corn. the corn oh. farm scene. Even the beginning of Jeepers Creepers. I oh. find one of the. Yeah, yeah I loved yeah. it. We should do Jeepers Creepers, shouldn't we? Because I, I started watching that again the other day and I was like, oh, I must watch this from the beginning. It was on TV. And I went, oh, I must actually go back and watch this properly because I've forgotten how much fun that was. Also, Jeepers Creepers to me doesn't feel like that long ago. No, it, no, it doesn't. It, but it's probably 10 years again the thing once you get to yeah we're vampires funny here's the thing you and i we're very old but we look very young and we so do. sometimes like i'll hear things like uh and there's a an oldie but a goodie 25 years ago paul abdul shut up and dance i'm like are you kidding me that yeah. is not that old but yeah. um but yeah yeah so no but jubers creepers does and i think it, it stands a little bit of the test of times i mean don't mm -hmm. get me i know everyone it's a bit controversial with who the director was etc cetera, etc cetera. but the movie by itself mm. yes fabulous. yes yeah daytime scares daytime scares daytime what is scares. nice about this time of year too i was telling my boyfriend is that i love that the sun is out for longer so it's not pitch black at 4 p.m anymore I was just going to say the same thing because I was just thinking this when we normally record this in late afternoon, don't we? And the amount of time that I, what I do is I close the curtains, put the put my ring light on, and have that as a source of light generally. But normally by the end of the record, it's kind of got dark, <laughs> and I switched the ring light off, and I'm in darkness. Whether now, of course, it's it's you know it's I know it happens every year. 
I don't know what I think post twenty twenty, weirdly, I find the fact it being lighter later or when it got darker earlier, um, such a big contrast. Stuff I I took for granted, never took a huge amount of notice of before, but I really, really became uh really aware of the seasons and the times of the year so much more during 2020 is obviously because we were stuck inside but it's it's it was like seeing daylight for the first time it was the weirdest thing uh and i was so grateful when it gets lighter now more than ever. isn't that weird um so strange isn't it i don't think i can do another winter in the uk i'm gonna have to move abroad <laughs> is it time is it that time greece are you gonna spend the uh, yes, winter full shirley yeah, exactly the full shirley valentine <laughs> good yeah <laughs> I will love with a Greek waiter. <laughs> exactly. Again. Um, so yes, that's the... <laughs> I think that's the way forward, isn't it? Oh my god. Um I need to get see cackle. Just that cackle <laughs> proves to me that something has happened with a Greek waiter in the past. And that is what I love. I no, I was trying to remember then. I certainly had a crush on a few waiters, I think, when I've been on holiday when when I was younger. Um I was trying to remember. I don't think I've ever had a holiday. I was listening to Alan Carr's uh, podcast uh, this week, and he he's one's about travel and going on holiday. And you know, what's the most uh, exotic place you've been, or in you know, a bougiest place? But also, he tends to talk about have you had a holiday romance? And I suddenly went, and I was listening, thinking, don't think I ever have. I really don't think I ever had a not in the proper sense. That I mean, I might have slept with a few people while you know, with a few sangrias. That's uh, not romance. That. That, that that wasn't a romance. Um, uh, well, they were lovely. They were very lovely. But I was trying to, I was trying to think like, no, I've never had an actual romance while on holiday. Isn't that weird? Have you? Had I some... have either. No, I'm trying to think in my head. To be honest, though, I mean, when I lived in Canada, I didn't do that many holidays per se. Right, growing up, we would go camping, right. and you don't. I mean, maybe Mexico, <laughs> but I, my family's never been. It's the UK that is all about a holiday, right? Everyone in the UK. Oh, I see. Right, and a holiday, yeah. holiday. Yes, yeah. yeah. Like mm. you need the sun, so you got to go to Turkey. You got to go to mm. Spain. You got to go to Greece. You got to everyone here holidays. And so I think I was. I hadn't had enough holiday experiences to really have a romance. Sure. Did I make out with a few guys during some summer camps? You bet I did. <laughs> like a lot better. You bet I did. But do you count that a holiday? I don't know. Um, and now that I holiday, I'm with I'm with my beloved anyway. So I mean, do I have a holiday romance? I, I think he'd be upset. <laughs> he didn't so. say yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I know what you mean. It's um, uh, as a child, I used to go to, with my parents to Cornwall a lot. So we never went. We and I remember my first abroad holiday because it was the eighties as well. We're talking about. Latish 80s we went to Ibiza of all places the very first place we went on a family holiday which is a bit nuts really isn't it but we didn't so the only time I've been to Ibiza is kind of on a family holiday I've never been back I'm supposed to go this year my friend's DJing at a festival there so I probably will be going I think it's a music festival anyway um uh because he's got a few gigs there this year so I will be going I'm, I thought you know what I will go back I need to experience the correct version of Ibiza um, I'll probably be the one by the pool with the Jackie Collins and, uh, and looking like Jennifer Coolidge from um, The White Lotus, probably, but um, and having a lovely time. But yeah, so I need to go and experience proper Ibiza, I think. <laughs> what could go wrong? If Ibiza would be the best place for you to have the holiday romance that we're, uh, I wanted to have a holiday romance. 
There we go. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think they, that moment might have passed to kind of, you know, have a holiday romance with a Greek waiter. But um... no, no, don't say that. You're never the wrong age to have a holiday romance <laughs> if you're single. That's what I say. Well, I think in the sense of believing, you know, to be uh, to go down that rabbit hole and believe it, you know, you could, you know, you'll get to spend the rest of your life with somebody you met 45 minutes ago type of, I think that's what I mean. Um, I'm not saying you wouldn't meet someone nice, but like uh, to um, to sort of feel like, oh yeah, oh my God, Concepcion, you're, you're the one. I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. Um, that might be a little bit past this. I don't think, oh, I don't know. I, I'm still a goofy romantic, I guess. I can get goofy about whoever, but. We will see. I'll tell. I'll, I'll. I will let you know on the on the horror motel podcast. <laughs> what I would love that. I don't know if I buy into the whole idea of meeting someone and being like, "You're the one." I'll tell you, I I love Danny with all my heart and soul. But when I first met him, I was like, "Okay, you're you're a gentleman, and I enjoy your company." And over time, I think love develops. Everyone, I don't oh. believe in this whole love at first sight. If there's love at first sight, maybe there's some couples out there that that's real. I don't know, but most times, I just think that's lust everyone is yeah it's in fact yes lust, lust yeah. is definitely infatuation um i think love is something different though isn't it it's it's um tolerance patience all of the above yes yeah um what's the word yeah um um compromise i think that's the most important thing for my yeah. for my vague memories, uh, uh, compromise is the um, uh, is and I don't compromise, which is why uh, I'm quite happy with the chalk circle to keep out any bad spirits and any boyfriends. <laughs> oh my god, I love that idea! Just chalks a circle around them at all times. Sometimes oh. I might rub a little edge off, you know, just you know, like you know, an inch opens up, and I'm like, mm, no, put it back in, and draw draw it back in. <laughs> Just occasionally. <laughs> well, <laughs> I do love that. Chalk circle. That's an excellent reference. Any sort of, would that be, is that like a Wiccan? Is it is, yeah. Wiccan I think so. it's witchcraft, isn't yeah. it, guys? They always do. Uh, what, so, uh, was it a circle of salt is witchcraft and chalk circle? Oh, yeah. Circle of salt. Because that's what they did in the craft, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. And they do it in, they do it in Hocus Pocus as well when the witches attack the house at the end and the older girl does that she i use that uh gif like oh uh, quite a lot where she's like spinning around throwing the salt around herself uh chalk circle is very um hammer horror i feel like that's something they do in more the 60s horror movies they draw chalk, chalk circle i don't know why it's chalk because it probably a salt circle would make more sense wouldn't it yeah it would it would but you're tr- you're right i sh- i think it is the 60s that was a lot yeah yeah, that, yeah. a lot of that sort of Wiccany kind of um, ghosty uh, reincarnate, which actually leads beautifully into what we're about to talk about today. Today's movie. Thank you so much again. You are truly the queen of, of lead-ins. No, what word am I looking for? Of segways. Segway. <laughs> Leading That's astray the most of the most of the time. So I, I, I would never lead you astray, though, Alison. Obviously. Love you. Thank you. Please don't, because I stray far too easily. I don't need to be led. I do that on my own. Uh, But today's movie that I am bringing to the hotel, and I am super excited about this one. Now, when I first mentioned it to you, Bunny, I was like, do you think it's too cheesy? Because this is one of those horror movies 
I think some people are in and some people are out. It was a cult fascination. If you are into it, again, I get it. This one may not be your cup of tea, but for me, this is like, this encompasses all things that I love in horror movies. So the movie that I am bringing to the hotel today is a 2001 beaut uh, called 13 Ghosts. Yeah. Spooky, spooky, spooky. It is absolutely wonderful. 13 Ghosts, and it was actually originally a 1960 American supernatural horror film produced and directed by William Castle and Rob White. I did not even know that there was a 1960s original. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it. I was just aware. I'm very aware of William Castle's work because he does a lot of... He's a bit like Roger Corman. He does... um, he he's particularly well known. What's the one? Straight Jacket, the Joan Crawford movie that she does after Baby Jane, uh, called Straight Jacket, where she's the, with the axe. Um, I think I was really in the um, feud, the TV show about the making of Baby Jane, or the feud between uh, Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. He actually pops out. He's played by John Waters, as in Hairspray. Pig Flamingos, uh, John Walters plays him in um, that episode of uh, Feud. Um, so I'm very, I've, but I've always known about William Castle, but I haven't seen 13 Ghosts, having said that, the original. I kind of wanted to go back and watch it. I think I was almost going to watch it first before watching, rewatching the remake. Because yeah. um, I, I, I thought, you know what, I won't. I'll go back and watch it after. So I will watch it because I've got a feeling it's probably quite different, I would imagine. Yes, yes, it is quite different. Some of the main things that were kept, obviously, are the 13 ghosts. Um, even the family. So basically, this in this version, in the 2000, uh, 2001, Arthur, a financially ravaged widower with two children, inherits his eccentric ghost hunter uncle's glass house. However, the family encounters 12 vengeful entities when they enter the house. So basically... Um, Lovely gentleman, Arthur, he loses his wife, rich uncle, gives him a glass house. And when I say glass house, it is truly a glass house. It is, yeah. it is a With a lot of writing on it. <laughs> a lot I'm of not, writing. And, and it, yeah, I'm not convinced I'll be that tempted to walk into a house with that much Latin on it. <laughs> no. I'll be like... Latin everywhere. And actually, the writing on that was etched into the glass uh, of all the walls is actually, when you translate it, it is the Lord's Prayer. Oh, that was a nice idea. That is what is so, all over the house. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, but this is another reason why I love this movie so much because visually, I think it is spectacular. Visually, yes, yes, it really is, isn't it? Yes. Oh, it, it is gorgeous. But actually, there were some people that uh, many viewers complained that the movie had a lot of uh, strobe lighting and flashy editing. And, and some people said it made it almost physically painful to sit through. Now, I did not see it in the theater. I had rented it. So I think for me, watching it on a screen in my basement in the dark, it was fine. Had I have seen this movie in the theater, perhaps it would have been quite stimulating. Let's say that because yes. it's just spectacular. The colors, the lighting, um, the visual effects. It, I mean, to me, it is just, I mean, I loved it, but I can see how some people might find it. Yes, it's it's not like Blair Witch Project, is it? Where it's like the shaky. We were so unused to shaky camera at that point that that was that made people sick in the in the um, cinema. It didn't have that effect on me in the cinema. 
I didn't see, I saw this on, uh, well, I guess DVD probably, or I saw it at home anyway, um, rather than the cinema. I have to say, there's, yeah, so it's shot to me, it looks like it's been shot by, um, uh, it's either the cinematographer or the director, it's, it's more like a pop video. So everything is very, there's always movement in every in every single shot. There's something happening. Um, like the way the, the police tapes on the cars billow away in the um, junkyard at the beginning. Um, it's very, very pop video. You think Banana Rama's going to walk down the street any second. Um, and... Uh, and I think I think it might be to do with um, it looks like it's almost zoomed in too much. Uh, the version I saw was sixteen by nine, sixteen nineteen, uh, sixteen nine, which is correct shape for the TV. Um, I remember when I saw it on TV originally, it was the four by three, which is the square picture when they used to put TV. You know, they didn't used to use the widescreen so much, and that I think was too close. Everything. The whole every shot looks like the camera needs to be about another four feet away. It's all a little bit busy and a bit. I, I feel like so if you zoomed into it anymore, it's even it's even tighter, and I, yeah. it 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 feels like you've kind of in the old days when you put a cinema scope movie like Marilyn Monroe, uh, Laura McCall and Betty Grable on the screen, and in the old VHS versions you just get Marilyn and half of Laura McCall because it was so zoomed in because they didn't do widescreen yeah. in those days. It's a bit like that. It feels like you've gone far too close to the original negative. And I'm like, oh, this is a bit overpowering. Um, but then I sat, when I was watching it, I went, no, no, I think that's just, it's not the transfer from uh, the film to, to whatever digital medium. It's just, that's how it was shot. <laughs> it's just really close. Literally, yeah. It's like close-ups. But mm. I kind of like, though, because it's like you see the faces, you see the yes. ghosts. Like, it's, it's a very intimately shot picture for what it is um and in fact roger ebert praised the production value saying the production is first rate so that's a lot mm. coming from ebert however then he followed it up uh said the physical look of the picture is splendid however he criticized the story lack of interesting characters loud soundtrack and poor editing <laughs> in 2005 he included it on the list of most hated films all right roger take it easy <laughs> Yeah. We'll go that far. Did I like it when it came out? Not particularly. Um, I, but I didn't like the remake of House on the Haunted Hill either. Whether I do know the... I've hosted the original House on the Haunted Hill many times on TV. But uh, it's one of my favourites. But the remake is as, as far... Which is why I thought I won't watch the original version of 13 Ghosts because I've got a feeling if it's as different as House on Haunted Hill is to the original, it will just spoil it for me. So uh, I having said that... I. I really enjoyed it this time round. All these years later, it was. I was like, oh, actually, it's really fun. It is like a pop video. Uh, there's some great shots. There's, there's that, that amazing tracking shot of, and I can only call him Monk as well, isn't it? It's the it's the, the leading the father is the guy from Monk. So um, it, it, the tracks on him, and it does a, a 360 around the room, and it kind of tells the story of the fire and the um, what's happened to the family. And I think that's so clever. Yeah. The point where I was going, like, how is that? How have they shot that? That's, is it moving walls? Is it what is it? Um, because it doesn't seem to be a cut anywhere, so um, so it must have been a changing set, I guess. But um, a spinning shot and a changing set, yeah. that's what I thought too the whole yeah. time I watched it. And I thought it was a real nice, quick way to give us backstory because yes. sometimes I find in horror movies, look, there's a lot of backstory, yes, of course, there's a lot of backstory because we need to, you know, 
So this was a quick way to go, here's Arthur, here's the family. Wife died in a fire, this is where they are, yeah. boom. Yeah, and it doesn't really show very much, but it just it gives you so much um, depth of that, that. Probably the most depth we get in the film, <laughs> actually, in Agreed. that one shot. Absolutely agreed. Absolutely agreed. <laughs> and I love that you brought up A House on Haunted Hill because uh, this is what I want people to know. So this, um, 13 Ghosts, was the second film that was made by Dark Castle Entertainment Productions. Yeah. Um, they yeah. are the ones. So this discouraged. Uh, so it, look, this one was what they call a critical failure and a financial mm -hmm. disappointment. Though it surpassed the budget, um, it was 68 million on a 24 million dollar budget when the accounting for advertising and marketing costs once they kind of they lost money on this film okay right. so so dark castle did that the first one they did was a house on haunted hill then they did this so their whole plan was to do remakes to keep mm -hmm. remaking to keep remaking and you can see that they obviously it is warner brothers it's got that like you said it was definitely a, a pop story kind of 1990s uh, kind of kind of vibe uh, yeah. Which makes sense to me because it was, um, oh, I'm looking for the name of the gentleman, uh, the 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 kind of the guy who is, uh, oh, I wrote down his name. He's one of my, I just love him. Oh, I've forgotten. Oh, the gentleman who is, why am from, I blanking? I just From Scream, do you mean? Yeah, Scooby-Doo, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, it's one of those guys where I can never, I can never remember his name either, but he's so good. And he's really good in this as well. He was like, obviously, because this would be post-Scream- Scooby-Doo's a bit later, isn't it? Scooby-Doo's like early noughties, I think. And he does all the Scooby-Doo voices. So once Casey Kasem stopped doing Scooby-Doo, uh, we sh really should really learn his name. I'll look that up in a minute. I thought I... Oh, God, that's awful. I should have... Look at... Listen to the listeners. Uh, this is about personal opinion. I don't always know all the details, so I'm searching God. Scooby-Doo, the character, he is fantastic. But to me, he is the epitome of 1990s horror films. Like, you see him in so much. So, so much, um, yes. He he really gave me the, the vibe that I loved. I just love him. I think I had a little bit of crush on Oh, Matthew Lillard. There we go. That's Matthew. Matthew. Matthew, I'm sorry if you're listening. God forbid. I'm sorry I forgot <laughs> you. My Scooby-Doo love. I would love to be in a van with you. And <laughs> I know. I had a crush. No, I totally had a crush on him as well. He was, he's amazing. Uh, he was at a... Um, I wasn't. I was just at the convention just as a punter, but I remember he was doing a signing, and he was I, apparently everybody. I, I remember seeing him signing, and he was such a ball of energy. And everybody said um, on Twitter that later on he was the best person to get to meet because he was just so up for it. But it's weird how he crosses quite a few genres, doesn't he? He does quite a. Yeah. He does really quite a few things, but he's um he yeah much beloved. I, he seems like a very lovely guy, so that's good. He is he's he's adorable. I I'm in love with him. If you're listening, Matthew, please. We would we love. I love you. Yes, my boyfriend so, would be fine with it. Okay. So, <laughs> ah, and one of the main things too that they kept the same. So this movie, uh, the main things that they kept the same. Thirteen ghosts. Also the use of glasses. So in the movie, what happens is they have to put on a pair of glasses spectacles mm -hmm. to be able to see the ghosts, which mm -hmm. in the beginning they didn't realize this. Then they find the glasses, they pop on the glasses, and then all of a sudden they can see these 13 ghosts. So essentially this glass house uh, is a is a, a prison, a jail yes. for various ghosts, spirits, that the supposedly deceased uncle has captured over the years. We find out later, spoiler, he's not deceased. Yeah. Um, he... Um, so he has collected these ghosts, lures the family in because Arthur 
the uh, heartbroken father who has lost his wife. He is supposed to be the final ghost that jumps into the middle of the house because the house basically is a time travel capsule is what it is. So it's like you can through time. Yeah, this is the other thing, too, though. This movie doesn't fully explain a lot of things. No, I didn't get that. Um, yeah, yeah. When I was reading about it, I was like, oh, it was a, a time travel. But you needed all the spirits, all the entities to be able to cross dimensions and borders of time. And so that was why he was collecting these ghosts. And then Arthur was the final ghost. And then it was supposed to work, yada, yada, yada. So that that was the concept. That's the idea behind 13 Ghosts. But there are so many details that kind of get passed up. So this is, again, I agree a little bit with Robert when he said that, like, the plot, the description, because let's be honest, we don't even really learn that much about the 13 ghosts. No. So I wanted to take a moment to focus on them because the movie is called 13 Ghosts, and we very rarely learn all about them. So the ghosts are the firstborn son. So he is a child who is basically just influenced by society he wears a little loud cowboy's shirt so he loved like cowboys and indian toys um he dies because he gets shot in the head by an arrow the torso the second spirit the torso is basically he was a gambler uh he then got caught by so he had borrowed money from the mob the mob caught up with him he couldn't pay it so they cut him up and throw him into the water that is why he is the torso because he's been beheaded he's been yeah again no idea. Didn't know that. Or a lot of, no idea. A lot of background stories, yeah. Also, the torso, just so you know, when they filmed it, because it is pretty cool when you look at it. You're like, how did they do that effect? They actually, it was an amputee, an amputee gentleman who was there, but he wore a cloak uh, to cover his head. So then it, afterwards, they could make, they could take the head out. So it was actually a head I mean, actor that was hired for that part. I know. So it looked very yeah, exciting. It didn't look very special effectsy. That, that I mean, there's a lot of special effects going on, but that one that looked kind of like practical, and I was a bit like, "How have they done that?" So also, very weird, weirdly, when you see that when they're naming the ghost, they see you see the drawings of the ghost. That's the one that seems to be is quite far away from the drawing they show, which I thought was strange. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, and again, this movie took a lot of its own, you know. They decided to do what they wanted with things. Uh, yeah. The third one is the bound woman. This is a woman that is basically she went to prom. She cheated on her boyfriend. Her boyfriend found out and he hangs or strangles her with his uh, suit tie, his tie, basically. Oh. That is the bound woman. Number four is the withered lover, which is the wife that gets burnt in the house fire. So yeah. he also collects her as one of the ghosts. Very interesting. Number mm. five. The Torn Prince. Um, oh, I forget the background on The Torn Prince, I believe. Well, we're going to get back to that. Number six. Is he, being in a, is he like a 50s car crash kind of guy, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah he's like, he, he looks like, like a Danny Zuko type of character, doesn't he? Kind of rebel without a cause. Kind of looks like James Dean vibes going on. Yeah. Yeah. Was he the one with the, the, the bat? I think he was. Yes, he is. Uh, I think he's the one yeah. with the bat, yeah. So he is a baseball player in baseball. high school, and he dies by the drag race. They're having drag races right. with cars. That's and what it not is. the one with RuPaul with cars. <laughs> <laughs> with actual cars. Uh, and so he dies in the car race. Then we have the angry princess. She is my favorite. And actually, she, her makeup out of everyone's, which is so wild to me when you look at all these 13 ghosts, her makeup took the longest out of everyone. It would take up to six hours every day to do her makeup because she had scars. So the angry princess yeah. was a beautiful woman 
who thought she was ugly, so she continued to get a lot of clos- cosmetic plastic surgery, and then in the end kind of has a mental breakdown and decides to try and do her final surgery herself. Uh. It botched. She And so she she slits her wrists in the tub. Right. That is right. Angry Princess. Uh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Pilgrim, is it the Pilgrim S? The Pilgrim, oh, what is it? The, anyway, she is a witch. Oh, uh, yes. Basically, yeah. And they hang her. They burn her at the stake. They, You know, she is treated like a witch, so she is a witch come back. The Great Child and the Dire Mother. Oh, that's terrifying, those two. <laughs> yeah. So the child is massive and the mom is tiny. Now, this is a horrific story. Get ready for this background, everyone. Uh-huh. Okay. So basically, the mother is a, a little person, a small person mm-hmm. uh, in the circus back then. Uh, she is assaulted, sexually assaulted by the largest, like the giant man at the circus, and thus she gives birth to a huge baby. Uh, that is their story. And then they kill the mom uh, as the baby gets older, that becomes a big child, figures things out, goes crazy, uh, and one day seeks revenge on everyone at the circus. So then they basically kill the large per- So that is the background of The Great Child and the Dire Mother. Oh, my gosh. There's a lot of backgrounds to these. Yeah, this no. is brilliant. I'm loving this. Thank you. Nobody knows about these. No. The Hammer, the Hammer was a, okay, so I believe he was. This is the racially stem story. So he worked, uh, was it on the railroad? And then right. he gets falsely accused of attacking, I believe, a white woman. Right. Everyone in the in the town decides that he is he is guilty, even though he's not. He re- he fights back and says, "I'm not guilty." So anyway, then they basically kill him by hammering him with a bunch of railroad stakes. That is what they do. <sighs> Thus, he is the hammer. And it's interesting because a lot of these ghosts, some of them are bad people, and then some of them are innocent. So the hammer yeah. is someone who was innocent. Innocent. Yeah. Then we have the jackal. Now the jackal. Now, this one, he was an insane person. He was a murderer, a rapist, all this. He gets committed to an asylum. Within the asylum, things don't get better because the asylum burns down. So the jackal is a an individual struggling, uh, bad, does bad things. Oh, I'm not, you know, I don't want to go into the background. But um, And then he gets burned alive in the insane asylum. And then we have the juggernaut, the juggernaut is the worst of them all. So yeah, the Juggernaut is the strongest spirit. Yeah, he is. And I believe that's who we meet right away in that opening scene. Yes, he's the one they're trying to trap at the, the beginning, isn't he? Yes. Very Ghostbusters yeah. kind of vibe going on, but, but without the comedy, <laughs> without the humour. <laughs> well, he's, you know, um, Matthew's being very funny in that section, I think, but like to lighten it slightly. But but it's, uh, yeah, he's terrifying, isn't he? He's really... He's so terrified. And they literally lure this spirit, remember, because they had the big truck and they just like squirt out blood. Yeah. So it was just like blood to lure in because he was he was a killer. So when he was alive, he was he was a horrible killer. Um, and so that that's the, the evil ghost. That's the most like evil, violent one of them all. And then the last one, of course, is the broken heart, which is the father that eventually they want him to become the final ghost to like set this machine off. Um so those are those are the ghosts, everyone. Those are the breaks. That is so much more interesting than, <laughs> than half the film. It's. I, I wonder if it was. I wonder if they filmed this but cut it or something like that. Maybe it was like a nearer the end reveal, and it was a bit too late in the movie to have a talky section. Perhaps perhaps they had wanted to just get on with the action, and because it is quite action orientated, isn't it? Uh, especially oh, towards yeah. the end, oh, yeah. it's. Um, but look it's, at all those ghosts. I always thought this is a great way. I mean. <laughs> 
there's your 13 sequels right there. Like you could have gone yes. into the breakdown of each, you know, each of the 13 ghosts and their lives. And then maybe when they were captured by the by the evil uncle, you know, like I kept thinking, yeah. oh, I could see like long term how you're like, oh, if this goes over well, all these characters. So all these ghosts were very developed, but they just don't have the time to go into all the details. So I thought, yeah. you know what? I'm going to let everyone know. What yeah, abs- that is fascinating. And seeing it through the... Because I, I have to say that whole the whole film really, really reminds me of the um, end section of Cabin in the Woods. Spoilers. But as in, you know, things in... Oh, they're, they're like demonic things, aren't they, really? In glass boxes. Um and we never know. We don't really know what they are either. But you, you're kind of um, they're so visual that you kind of don't need to. With the, with the thirteen ghosts, it's a bit like well, I yeah, I can kind of tell that one's different to that one. Yeah. But it it doesn't. It's not as obvious what they are and who they are as with that explanation though it makes perfect sense. Particularly the girl, the plastic surgeon. That would have been surgery, surgeon, plastic surgery. And because she's in the bath at one point in blood, so you go like, did she? And I just thought she's being creepy. I didn't realize it's because she cut her wrists, because it wouldn't be in the bathtub she'd killed herself in, because that's in this is in the the new house, so it's not like she died there. One presumes, unless they imported the bath in. But um, so it didn't really explain that. That makes so much more sense, Alison, explaining all of that, because it's. I just thought they're they're interest. They look interesting, but they they're not that obvious what they are and who they are. We don't know them. We don't, yeah, don't know them at all. Yeah. Mm. So basically the family gets in there. But I do like like that particular scene that you're talking about, the angry with the angry princess and the daughter. And we see the princess in this room. So basically the daughter comes into this beautiful classroom and she's like, I've died and gone to heaven. This is amazing. And that's the first time that we see the alive person and then also the ghost because you can see the angry princess watching this daughter walk around you know, brushing her hair, and you can see the ghost. So it's kind of like that's the introduction to, like, the coexisting of the ghosts and the humans, but the humans don't see them yet until we find these glasses, and then the glasses get put on, and then we see the ghosts, Um, which is very... I mean, I loved that concept. I think, actually, if there were a remake right now of 13 Ghosts, I think it would get a lot more attention than it did back then. I almost feel the yes. concept of this movie was a little ahead of its time. Mm. I feel yes, like I now right. we watch so many horror movies that now we would love this sort of a complex story with all these characters. Yes. Um, I think 1990s, we were still a little, I don't want to say basic in our horror movie, pre- but I, 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 we liked a little thrill. We liked a little... Yeah. But, but this, You're right. It's a bit too... Yeah, it's a bit too high concept, isn't it? Really, to to, and it doesn't really do. I mean, it's still. I enjoyed it much more the second this second time round. I think the first time I thought it was very confusing and a little bit too. Doesn't really go into enough detail. It just tends to be. It's all about. It's all about the look of it and the and the uh, the stunts and effects and the chasing. Because half the time I'm going like, well, because we see that ghost, um, the girl in the bathroom. And I was like, I'm pretty sure she's not been released because everybody else seems to be released and then kind of they run, they chase them. But I'm never quite sure how they get put back into their boxes. Um, and then the the rules seem to change as you go through the movie. It gets a bit confusing yeah. Yeah. How, what they can do and when they're attacking. And because 
because it looks like you've actually put a family in there with a bunch of serial killers and it's the you know they will the ghosts will attack and kill as soon as they release and they kind of do and then they kind of don't and it's it, that's a bit confusing um yeah but then i thought halfway through you know what just don't, don't worry about it just, <laughs> just i think it's one of those it, it won't ever explain it so let's just just go along for the ride it does that's feel like exactly what you gotta do it's it, it wasn't a, 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 a computer game but it does feel like it's a a PlayStation game or Xbox game, it feels yeah. like it's that where it's kind of makes would make so much more sense if you were playing this as a game than it would yeah. be because you're kind of it's quite a, a game can be quite episodic and it's you'll go you know one section to another section you're not worrying about a through lie you're not that worried about you know uh, relatability to the main family they the, fa- the family do set it up quite well I think in the the first scenes but as soon as they get to the house it's just running around screaming basically so it's like oh. It's just no, no, no growth whatsoever. Yeah. But hey ho! Yeah. But that those first scenes, I think, um, are great. Um, it is a little bit of a strange setup with the family, but um, but uh, yeah, they do they do it really well. I think they they've obviously put a lot of work into that, and then all hell breaks loose basically for the rest of the film. <laughs> yeah, I, and I mean, look, everyone. I, as far as the acting, as far look, it's all it's cartoonish. Yes, very cartoonish. Yes, yes. Very cartoonish. The whole thing. It's it's about the visual. I think that's why I liked it so much because I can just get lost. I just watch it. I lost. But like you said, I do have to suspend my disbelief and really let go. Because even as a horror yeah. fan, I'm used to suspending. But I have to go. Like you said, okay. There's a lot of unanswered questions. Things aren't tight. Yeah. But I just, to me, it's just a good vacation in my brain. I just watch it. I go mm. with it. Other things I did learn about it that I really loved are five the ghosts. And several of the minor characters were played by Canadians. I always yay. And the movie was filmed in British Columbia, um, and it was cheaper for production to hire local actors from the area instead of flying American actors across. So well done, you guys, for going for cheap labor. Us Canadians <laughs> need to be labored cheaply, please. But um, it's probably so still in that era of. Um... I always, because I always think of X Files being shot in Vancouver, wasn't it? it and it's, um, yeah. and I, that started such a huge move. A bit like New Zealand being the place to shoot like big epic movies, or you know, uh, uh, like after Lord of the Rings, uh, Canada became. I don't know. I, I don't know why that happened. With uh, whether it was just uh, it was easier to shoot like outside and in cities, perhaps. Without as many permits, perhaps, uh, or you know, not that, not saying it was quieter, but it was easier to shut down, to sort of do city filming, Definitely. perhaps. Uh, but I love it because it kind of gives uh, it such a um, this sort of an elegant beauty to a lot of the shots that you see in uh, in X Files that doesn't, which feels kind of European as opposed to American. I think that's one of the reasons I loved X Files so much because it didn't look. I know it's I know it's very American, but it doesn't feel. Uh, or look in the look of it, it could be set anywhere type of thing, which is what was quite uh, attractive to it in the nineties, I think. Um, yeah. So good, yes. I would. I mean, I don't think you pick get that from Thirteen Ghosts. because <laughs> no, you're, you're no, probably in a, not. you're not. you're on a set quite a lot of the time, and um, and it's funny, isn't it? That house would I think probably looked very strange back then and very new. Whether now, then that. Aside from the Latin all over it, <laughs> the writing all over it, is 
pretty much a lot of houses look like that now that are being built, isn't yeah. it? Big glass boxes. Very clear. Yeah. A lot of glass walls, a lot of, yeah. Uh, and also, what's interesting is um, this. Uh, oh, goodness. I just forgot. I'm all over the place. I think I'm so jet lagged, everyone. <laughs> yes. You must be exhausted. Yes. This movie actually inspired. This movie inspired a porno film called 13 Erotic Ghosts, everyone. So, I mean, if you want 13 Ghosts, there's a whole different genre. You get 13 Erotic Ghosts. Yeah. It's literally, there is a porno out there called that, everyone. So, you know, it was made in 2002. So give her a go. Uh, watch 13 Ghosts and then watch 13 Erotic Ghosts. That's a surprisingly classy uh, uh, title that I was expecting. Um, I thought it was going to be a lot ruder than that. But, uh, uh, no. That's the erotic, erotic ghost. Yeah. Erotic ghost. <laughs> it's like borderline. It's something almost your mum would watch. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not like Debbie does 13 ghosts. No, it's more like erotic ghost. Erotic ghost. Um, Okay, so that is the breakdown, basically, of the film, everyone. Uh, to me, it is delightful cheese. Uh, if you just want a vacation for the brain that looks pretty, this is the film to watch. But what I want to know now, Bunny. Yes. We've talked about it. You've rewatched it. We've felt the movie. Where in the hotel would you check 13 Ghosts? Ooh, that is a good question. I, if you'd asked me before me rewatching it, before I rewatched it, I would have said the maintenance room because I thought it needed a lot of work. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure it's that bad, but uh, I think it possibly should be somewhere. Weirdly, I want to put it in the conservatory, in the glass conservatory, uh, because it's all about all. I, all I could think about was glass with this film. Um, so. I think it probably should go in the little conservatory at the back that looks onto the um, uh, the pool and where, where Jaws is and the uh, paddling pool where uh, I think Piranha is. Um, yeah. Uh, no, Piranha's in the in the uh, no Piranha's the other in, hotel in the other hotel, isn't uh, it? it? It's a uh, oh the crocodile, crocodiles. <laughs> the we have the Silly me, uh, must, must get our logistics right. So I think I, I think I would put it there. Where it it needs to um, it needs to be behind glass, and it needs to think about what it's done. I think I think it needs to be. <laughs> I think it needs to be. Although literally that explanation of the thirteen ghosts has really changed my mind about it. It just by saying that gives it so much more depth to it. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. just even if they had just a ten minute section on it, probably was probably they probably did film it, but it was probably just in the middle of those of crazy action wasn't it so oh my god it's it, to break down all the ghosts that's a whole other movie like mm. in my opinion i get why they didn't go into it but i just think if you're going to create such amazing ghosts with all these costumes we we should probably know yeah, we should probably what should, their yeah. story is yeah. or at yeah. least yeah. So, a few of them anyway you know that's quite yeah. important yeah. can't we have a book somewhere in the house that the kid finds that breaks down all the ghosts or something yeah. i don't know just something that gives us a little yeah like um, a diary or something like that yeah Oh, a diary would have been great. Yeah, with the voiceover. Because they do show the pictures, don't they? They do name them, I think. Yeah. But it, they don't. And I'm wondering if at that point, that that is the section they explain what each one was. And they've just cut it down to just the... Yeah. And and just the names going... Da, 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 and they just go through it all, don't they? Uh, I, I'm wondering if it was shot and they just never used it. Because it seems... 
odd that they didn't. Where would you put it in the hotel, Alison? I think conservatory. I love that idea. I love the idea of the glass. For those of you, a conservatory, if you're listening in the States oh, or Canada, yes. it's like an atrium, like a like an extended oh, yes. part of the house that's all glass. Yeah, because I'm sure some people would know a conservatory, but some people may not. I didn't know until I moved to the UK that that is what it is. Uh, I completely agree. Uh, I do think we're going to have a lot of work now because I'm probably going to have to go out there and write the Lord's Prayer all over the conservatory <laughs> to, just to contain the ghost. But I'm willing to do that. And I think that is an excellent place to put 13 ghosts, Bunny. Thank you very much for choosing that that home for this film. And thank you for allowing it to be in the hotel. Again, I get some people might be like, what a cheesy film. Yeah, it is. But I am not. They're not all gold, everyone. Sometimes there's ones that just, I don't know. This was kind of the film I would always rent if I was sick, if I wasn't feeling well. Like, it was just oh, really? to me that, oh, yeah, I would do oh, well. again and again. It's just it's just a fun film. Like, it was just, yeah. I Well, I, I, I haven't seen it since it came out. I did watch it when it came out. Cause I, I did enjoy, I mean, I, did, I didn't like House on Haunted Hill, but again, it's the same sort of fun ride. Um. And that was more enjoyable, I think. And it was very successful, I think, House on Haunted Hill remake. Um, this was less... I just can't remember how and where I saw it. It must have been... Well, it was 2001. It probably was actually here in this house uh, that I saw it, I would imagine. So, um, yes, it's it's gone up in my estimation a lot. I can recommend it. If you want a fun... If you want a flashback to the 90s, if you're um, a fan of that type of movie... Um, then, yeah, give it a go, definitely. Good fun. Ah, Well, thank you so much, Bunny, for letting me bring in that movie. Now, do you want to give any hints about what's coming up next week, or should we lose them? No, we can give it a little hint, because I'm quite... So I've decided to bring to the motel a film I actually... It's 10 years old now. can't believe it's 10 years old already. And I skipped over when it first... Um, when it first came out, and I'm really surprised by the fact I skipped over it really because it's had a lot of sequels and it kind of restarted a whole uh, era of these new films and it is The Conjuring. The Conjuring. So join us next week as we conjure up some more terrifying moments between the two of us and you in the Horror Motel. <laughs>